0: Welcome to another episode of the Hypocritical Podcast. I'm Elena Hugh, and joining me on this episode is founder and CEO, Hoala Greavy. Aloha, Elena. Great to be here. We've got another exciting show for you and lots to talk about. Let's first update you on a recent event that transpired where you guys had a wonderful beach cleanup.
1: Yeah, that's right. We went and did a beach cleanup at Chrissy Field in San Francisco last week. Um, We arrived in the morning. We got our trash bags and gloves and our trash grabbers. And uh, we went and hit Chrissy Field, which uh, overlooks the Golden Gate. And um, for better or worse, it's a pretty clean place to begin with. So we did our best to find some trash. Um, Normally, the most trash we found was on the beach itself and around the picnic tables. Uh, so we did that in the morning uh, and we had uh, one of our advisors, Dennis Coleman, came out and helped us, which was great. Uh, he's also the co-founder of Semantic. Great to see him in person. And my girlfriend, Lisa, also helped out. So that was wonderful. And then at the end of it, we took a picture with an oversized check with the Golden Gate Bridge in the background. And we also made a dom- donation to the Orca Conservancy. And uh, that's a tie-in with our newest product, Project Orca. So uh, that was our unconventional PR community service event. And we have a goal this year of doing 50 hours of community service. So that uh, was a, was in alignment of completing uh, our community service commitment. And then in the bigger picture of things, um, we, we just believe that uh, the leader always gives back. And that's mm. something I took from... Uh, prominent Hawaii business uh, 101, if you'd say.
0: Very nice. And so why that particular location?
1: Well, uh, the morning sun is in your face. It's great lighting for taking a picture with the Golden Gate in the background, and it's relatively close to our office. Um, And it's kind of a cool place. Uh, I don't go there often, uh, but it's just a nice, pretty chill spot. And easy to get to,
0: mm-hmm. and good to get outside and give back to the community.
1: Yeah, I think the staff liked um, focusing on something else other than you know encrypted email, uh, just for a little bit of their day, and just always feels nice to uh, do something to to give thanks for this uh, this city that's given us so much opportunity. Wonderful.
0: Tell me more about Orca Conservancy and how that partnership began
1: well we we reached out to them, I believe, over email, and kind of highlighted this event we're looking to do and we thought it was a nice tie- in for Project Orca, which is our HIPAA compliant email marketing solution that we recently released, and so we kind of wanted to <clears throat> tie in an orca related uh, beneficiary, and these folks focus on the uh, southern western the southern Orca population kind of from Alaska to Northern California. So we thought that was a nice tie-in. And they've got a great social media presence. So that also um, helped us reinforce these folks are on it. Sure enough, they replied to us immediately. So uh, that's kind of how that came about.
0: And so, um, you know, we like to focus on winners and losers, typically on our episodes of Hypocritical. And uh, we wanted to mention that Orca Conservancy is winning this week as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we made a donation to them in the amount of $500 using our Brex corporate card. Uh, We're also big fans of Brex, so we uh, took a picture with our oversized check with the Brex logo on it. Uh, Careful to state they are not a bank, but we did use our Brex card to make that donation. Uh, So we enjoy working with both those organizations.
0: Excellent. And tell me more about Brex, because this is the first time I'm hearing of it.
1: Oh man, yeah. So they've got this uh, blanket coverage as far as brand and <clears throat> marketing goes of Silicon Valley, and they it's they brand themselves as a corporate card for startups. Um, so they're a relatively new company, um, great brand, great execution, and they allow startups like us to um, <clears throat> get a corporate card within minutes and deploy cards to. Um, staff members very quickly Um, so we like working with them we're using another one of their products called Brex Cash um, which is uh, paying it it's sort of a competitor to a business checking account and you get points and interest rate on your money that sits in there so Mm, we're using two other products and we're NPS 10 Brex customers Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Well, we're happy to uh, be their customer as well. It's, uh, I think it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. And what can you tell us about your forecast for who's losing this week? Oh, man. So that's an easy one. Um, <clears throat> loser this week is Practice Fusion, uh, which got – it was released. The, they, got issue, they agreed to pay a $150 million fine – sorry, $145 million fine – in federal court, and they basically admitted to uh, being responsible for unnecessary Oxycontin prescriptions uh, through a partnership with Purdue Pharma, which is the overwhelming villain in this whole opioid crisis that America's in. And going back to, I believe, 2013, they basically practiced Fusion, which is uh, an EMR uh, vendor who was sold to Allscripts a couple of years ago um they basically designed their software solution to encourage their their customers i.e. physicians to uh overprescribe opioids and so um i mean man people died because i mean this is killed more people anyhow it's just it's beyond pale that mm. a startup could do this and Again, the fine is 145 million, and they were bought by Allscripts a few years ago for 100 mil. So Allscripts comes out looking bad on this too, because uh, they're down 45 mil uh, on a acquisition they made in 2018, or way more than that. But I mean, <clears throat> clearly these guys are losers, um, and I just I just practice fusion. Um, you know, I, I just. I just see no honor in in this outcome at all. Mm. Uh, it's just, man, I, I, I was just, I'm at a loss for words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's a losers. pretty hefty fine too. I mean, people died because of their software. That, that's the opposite of what we're here for, you know? Like people died because of this company overprescribing opioids to the American population through Purdue Pharma, which by the way, Is under Chapter Seven or Eleven bankruptcy protection. Those guys are screwed, as they well should be. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, definitely something uh, that we can hopefully send a message out to people to be aware of, and you know, be uh, more cognizant.
1: Obviously, when people's lives are at risk. I mean, Uh, during the time they were doing this, uh, the death rate tripled over fifteen years. Unbelievable opioid uh, overdose. I mean, that's probably more than all heroin and cocaine and practically every other drug you can think of, Mm -hmm. overdose deaths in the same time period. I mean, it's just crazy. It's crazy that this was legal. All right. believable. I think I'm going out of rent. Maybe we should move on.
0: (laughs) All right. And um, so you also were uh, chosen to be on a panel during a speaking event here on Oahu.
1: Yeah, that was. Uh, we were in town for a meeting with Wall to Wall Studios. We are <clears throat> doing a brand overhaul, and we had an all staff meeting in Honolulu for that. And during that same week was uh, East Meets West 2020, which is a tech conference put on by Blue Startups. And I was lucky enough to be asked to be on a panel, and that panel was about indigenous entrepreneurs. Bringing cultural values to startups, uh, and I was on a panel with Real Rapun and Roxelle Cho, and it was moderated by Stacy Ferreira. So that that was uh, that was fun. I I enjoyed uh, being on the panel. That was a privilege.
0: Have you found that you're a native Hawaiian, um, you know, indigenous person for a lot of startups?
1: Oh man, so I I keep this uh, ledger. <laughs> So Will, myself, and in the back of the room at the at the uh, Hilton was Ikaika Sheehan. And as far as I can tell, we made up the three native Hawaiian tech entrepreneur CEOs on the planet. And we we're all in that room at that moment. Uh and and maybe I'm off by a hundred percent, but that number is still under 10. So not a lot of guidance out there if you're a Hawaiian and a tech CEO, um, so hoping we can do something about that in the future. Excellent.
0: Uh, any updates as far as Project Orca is concerned?
1: Yeah, shucks, we, we've been uh, very disciplined on using customer feedback as our roadmap. Once again, Project Orca is our solution to the need we see in the market for HIPAA compliant email marketing. And so what we've been laser focused on is allowing our customers to create custom audience fields in Project Orca. There was some other infrastructure we had to build to get that in place. We did that. And then we spent close to two and a half weeks building out this new feature, which we released uh, yesterday. So we're very excited uh, to see what our customers will do with this new uh, <clears throat> feature that we've added. And I think we're going to unlock a lot of value for our customers to be able to add things like, um, you know, a person's birthday, uh, a person's age, uh, perhaps a prescription type, or even an appointment date. And so having these fields within our ORCA database will allow them to really personalize the, the email uh, messaging that they need to send out, whether it's for population health objectives or secure patient outreach uh, goals. So uh, we're going to get this into the hands of our customers and then uh, make sure that we ha- they have a successful experience and then cooperate with them as far as getting customer success stories done. Excellent.
0: Yeah, I was looking through my emails, trying to email my dentist, and then I I saw my happy birthday email was in there
1: and I thought, oh, that's so
0: cute. I kind of forgot about that.
1: Yeah, that one's um, kind of a gray area, even though it was innocuous happy birthdays. I mean, definitely smart on their part. Uh, but yeah, kind of a gray area there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I haven't read any stories about email marketing messages for birthdays being triggered, but you could easily see how... Um, something as a prescription reminder, or mm-hmm. d- it doesn't take much to trigger HIPAA. Um, when it comes to like email, personalized email, so we think there's a big opportunity here, and it's just a matter of uh, execution.
0: All right, well, um, speaking of HIPAA, um, anything new to report in terms of breach reports?
1: Yeah, so um, we calculate we tabulated the 2019 uh, annual HIPAA breach report we released that last week and in a nutshell we had 419 HIPAA breaches in 2019 uh, of which the requirement was um, 500 or more individuals are affected so if you have a breach of 500 or more people you're required by law to report that to uh, the health and human services department and of those 419 we had a total of about 35 million americans were breached which is roughly 10 percent of the population so 10 percent of the population got hacked last year wow yeah pretty big number and of that um, email as a threat vector uh, led the way with 39 percent of all breaches due to email. Um, so we see a continuing trend of email being uh, the top uh, breach factor for a HIPAA breach. And so there are 161 of the 419 were caused by email. <clears throat> and you know it's the usual culprits, display name spoofing attacks, phishing, uh, ransomware via um, link or attachment. What would be the number two uh, number two came in at network server, uh, which would be like a, a breached uh, web app or something like that. And that came in at 84 breaches, so still a high amount. But email was almost double of, of second place, <clears throat> so quite a large uh, delta.
0: Just shows uh, you know the necessity of making sure everything is secure
1: yeah well, what's also um, interesting about this report is the last I believe the last time we did this podcast, Elena, I made this prediction that due to the political instability in Iran, uh, we would see up to fifty more percent higher HIPAA breaches in 2020 um, so now we've got the baseline four hundred and nineteen so we'll uh in twelve months we'll see if i was uh Anywhere near the mark or not? But at least we okay. got the, we got the metric down on paper. Yes, it on it's paper. official. <laughs> yeah. When as we wrap up this hypocritical
0: podcast, um, what are your current predictions at the moment?
1: Right. Um, well, I see that there's this whole uh, concept of um, this patient journey and secure email helping fulfill that patient journey. And I think it sounds funny to say it, but if you're in healthcare, um, it is bleeding edge. And so just little things like reminding someone that they have an appointment tomorrow and they need to do an action, maybe not eating for 12 hours or following up with someone after they have a procedure. Are you okay? Do you have any infections? Um, You need to see this rehab specialist. That whole journey is completely, um, basically broken in in U.S. healthcare. And it's nuts because it's, what, 18% of GDP? And so, you know, just an innocuous thing like a secure email to help someone through that journey of whatever they're going through as far as a, a treatment goes man it's just it doesn't even exist and so our challenge with project dorka is not only uh achieving product market fit and building a solution the market wants but also educating the market that this can even be done uh but if we can execute uh there's just tremendous uh satisfaction and you know shareholder outcome for that so my prediction is um, this will be the year that becomes talked about more, uh, you know, using email as a way to facilitate and improve outcomes for the patient journey. And we can see that with with this shift to value-based care payment models, um, large healthcare systems are going to be incredibly incentivized to make sure their patients actually do have a rewarding or positive experience when they're dealing with their healthcare system. And so, you know, every American's got two things, right? A phone and an email. And there's only so much things you can do via a tech SMS message without requiring a user to download an app, which we've seen fail time and time again if you're talking about patients. Patients generally do not want to download an app when it comes to a treatment, right? But they probably won't mind checking their inbox for a secure message that's seamlessly delivered. And so I think that that's the huge game changer that we need to be a part of for 2020. Wow, very insightful. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see, right? We'll (laughs) see in 12 months if that was just foolishness and delusions of grandeur, as C-3PO would say in the uh, Star Wars uh, trilogy, (laughs) or uh, we're on to something.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you, Huala, for your time and insights. Uh, For more information, you can also log on to powbox.com. Well, this is going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Aloha. For more episodes like this, be sure to follow the Hypocritical Podcast.